back to see how we got where we are. And let me get to my notes here. And, and then move into the future with hope, God's hope. So turn to uh, Numbers chapter 13. We're going to go through chapters 13 and 14. I know this is quite a bit of scripture, but in order to see where we've been, we need to reflect on it. And I'm out of order here. I'll be with you directly as soon as I get my notes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to... This is from the Revised Standard Version. And starting with Numbers 13, Chapter 1. I'm used to saying Numbers further into the Word. Uh, the Lord said to Moses... Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I give the people of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. Shall you send them in, every one a leader among them? I'm going to kind of give some commentary as I read along, so you'll have to just follow along in your Bible, but also hear what what the Lord's needing us to hear. So these are traveling orders. There's, And one thing I want you to notice well, let me, let me continue one more verse. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of the men who were heads of the people of Israel. You notice there was no petition. They followed the Lord's command, but there was no petition in the selection process to find out who the Lord would choose to send to spy out the land. Romans, or verse 4. And these were the names from the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, son of Zakur, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Issachar, Igol, the son of Joseph, from the tribe of Ephron, Hoshea, the son of Nun, from the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu, from the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Zodai, from the tribe of Joseph, that is from the tribe of Manasseh, Gadai, the son of Susi, from the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamaliel, from the tribe of Asher, Sether, the son of Michael, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, from the son of Bosh-si, from the tribe of Gad, Gul, the son of Machi. These were the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go into Negev yonder, go up into the hill countries. Now, this is the point where they get the details of the orders they were sent to to do. And verse 18, And see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. He's asking them, What do you see? More importantly, what do you see through God's eyes? 
Verse 19. And whether the land they dwell in is in good or bad, whether the cities they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there is wood in it or not, pay attention to this, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grace. So they were headed out when... It was harvest time. The, the, what Moses' instructions to the spies were, what is going to be your perspective and what is going to be your attitude? It says, be of good courage. That means the Lord's going to be with you. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. They went up into the Negev and came to Hebron, and Hyman, Shishai, Tameh, the descendants of Anak were there, or Anak. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also bought some uh, uh, pomegranates and figs. Now I want you to think about, have any of us ever seen a cluster of grapes that it would take a pole between two men to have to carry? Think of the, the prosperity and the magnitude of the harvest that the Lord wanted them to see for the taking. Now they had all this information. They saw the bounty of the land. And they told him, you see, oh, I, I need to go back. At the end of the 40 days, 40 days is something we need to remember, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So, this is a time for a, there was a big gathering. I mean, you're all anticipating what the word was going to be. And they told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. The bounty of the land is great. No, well, put it this way. I, we, we like to watch Home Garden Channel a lot. And there's people looking to buy homes. Sometimes they want new builds. Sometimes they want places that, are, that need some rehab. But most of the time they want just move-in ready. This country that the Lord had provided was move-in ready. Here it is. Yet the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the, the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the, in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along with the Jordan. Sounds like it's full of people. It's a good land that people want to get to. But, let's see. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. See, 
Caleb was looking at the opportunity the Lord provided, they knew they were headed to the promised land. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Did they forget who was on their side? So they brought up they brought to the people an evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land. Excuse me while I get to my mix. That devours its inhabitants, and and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, I don't know where they come up with it devours its inhabitants. I think that was, well, put it, put it mildly, it was a lie that they wanted them to believe in. And there we saw Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So they were of little stature, and these giants they looked up to, but they were only physical stature, not spiritual. Chapter 14. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And the people of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Whining and moaning are, are companions of despair. And I'll just leave, leave that where it is. Why does the Lord bring us into this land to fall by the sword? Or our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Israel or Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a captain and go back to Egypt. This is at the point. Wisdom is left. Stupidity rules. Then Moses and Aaron, the two brothers, fell on their face before all the assembly of the congregation of Israel. And I have to say, this is my own opinion, if I'd been one of the leaders, I'd have been ashamed and also humbled because I know my, the relationship I have with God. They had just left the Red Sea. Water had been parted. Never lost a single possession. They'd watched the whole Egyptian army consumed vanquished and they want to go back to that and Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh who were among those who had spied out the land rent their clothes now I want you to think about how many sets of clothes do you suppose they had at those days so for someone to rent, that means to tear apart what little they did have. That was a huge sacrifice in those days. 
This is an act of repentance for everyone there, not just for themselves. And said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, a land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. You, all, you, you ever notice that whenever God's thought of good is always a companion to him? If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. We already have the evidence. We brought you back the fruit which the Lord had told us to. Only do not rebel. I want your, if you had a pen, I'd tell you underline rebel. Against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now, to rebel, in my definition, is going against the authority and the will of God. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. You know the Lord was listening. He showed up when he's at the proper time. Hard-heartedness caused them to want to stone him. Their hearts were turned to stone. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs which I have wrought among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for thou dost bring up this people in thy might from among them. I want to... Do you consider what Moses is doing in his in this moment with the Lord, he is contending with the Lord for his people. But in order to do that, you have to be righteous. And have a, and be a, in order to talk to the Lord, you have to be righteous before him. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land, they have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, art seen face to face, and thy cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And this, just a thought came through my mind. I have to wonder if everyone within the scope of the area, of, not only the Israelites saw this, but anyone else from within the scope of seeing would have seen it as well. Now, if, thus, if thou dost kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard thy fame will say, because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore to give to them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I pray, the, let the power of the Lord be great as thou hast promised, saying, now this, this should be a familiar verse to many of us, 
The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but He will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon sin and upon the third and the fourth generation. Think about that. Slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving our sins, but He also... Well, let me read. Sin also has consequences. The Lord will forgive if we're repentant is given. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of thy steadfast love, and according to as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. This is intercession by Moses for his people. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live, and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I wrought in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have put me to the proof these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. And this is the judgment is going to be pronounced. Shall see the land which I swore to give to their fathers, and none of those who despise me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Now, I want you to especially notice my servant Caleb. That means that Caleb and he have a personal relationship. Caleb serves him wholly and fully. Caleb belongs to the Lord. And not only that, he has an inheritance ready and waiting that, he's, that Caleb is going to take possession of. And the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron, How long shall this wicked congregation murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the people of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, what you have said in my hearing I will do to you. At this moment, you're in God's courtroom. The gavel has sounded. Your dead body shall fall in the wilderness, and of all your numbered, numbered from 20 years old and up, who have murmured against me. Now, I mentioned this morning without being facetious about this or... At, the, at this time, it might not have been too bad to have been a teenager. You saw the decision made of your elders, and yet you're not held responsible, but you still see what's going on. Not one shall come into the land where I swore I would make you dwell, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, who you said would become prey... I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. We need to remember, children belong to the Lord. They are His. But as for you, your dead body shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall become shepherds in the wilderness for forty years. Remember the forty days? By your faithlessness, 
until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. According to the number of days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, for every day a year you shall bury your iniquity, 40 years, and you shall know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will I do to all the wicked congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall come to a full end, and, they, and there they shall die. And the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up an evil report against the land. The men who brought up an evil report of the land died by plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive of those who went to spy out the land. I want you to think about this. One-sixth of the witnesses, Joshua and Caleb, were promised land bound. The other ten died immediately, but judgment still reigned. They all wandered for 40 years and paid the price for their decision. Even when we are righteous, there may be still a judgment phase that must be fulfilled. We need to run a good race. In Galatians 5.7 it says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? And they rose early in the morning and went up to the heights of the hill country, saying, See, we are here. We will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. But Moses said, Why now are you transgressing the commanding of the Lord? For that will not succeed. Do not go up, lest you be struck down before your enemies, for the Lord is not among you. For... There the Amalekites and the Canaanites are before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you, you have turned back from following the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up the heights of the hill country, although neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from out of the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwell, dwelt in that hill country came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormah. Ever notice without the Lord... This defeat is the victory claimed. That seems like an oxymoron, but if that's what you're looking to win with, that's what's gonna, what you're going to gain. So, now that we've set the stage here, I, I have some questions for you. Who will, I, who will I listen to and why? Does the majority sway my decision? Do I pray before I respond my decision? What determines where I place my trust? When circumstances get difficult, is grumbling my first response? Do my eyes and ears decide what to fear or does my heart? Do I give a good report or a bad witness? Can I live a victorious life in a fallen world? Now, I'm going to, hopefully I can recite it, Bill's favorite verses. Trust the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now, that would answer each and every one of these questions that I just proposed to us.
Do I listen to the Lord with how much in my heart? Just a piece of it or all of it? Do I only use my own thoughts and intelligence or do I seek the Lord out and for His wisdom, His is He going to direct my path or, or, or am I lost somewhere in the process? Do the yabats, yabat in life, keep me wandering in the desert? And I'm sure this will raise a few eyebrows. Would I rather be a snake in the desert or a lamb in paradise? Turn with me to Isaiah 43.22. Isaiah 43.22. Yet you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not wearied yourself for me, O Israel. Now, and then drop down to... Uh, the last portion of chapter, or verse 24. But you have burdened me with your sins and worried me with your offenses. Now this is the Lord talking to Israel. You would think that the Lord would never get tired, but He gets wearied by our response in the way that we live in our faith at times. A car to move has to have an engine working properly. A gas engine requires air, fuel, and a spark that is under compression. When we are under pressure, will we move to God's will or stall out? Turn with me to uh, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves in a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of a life that is truly life. And my last thought for this, and I, we could be here all day with all the things that have been presented in this passage, but will my deeds on earth be the path to the deed entitled to the promised land? I recognize that it is only through the grace and mercy of God that this can only be with His love. May I then declare the Lord is risen indeed. The deed and title of the possession of the whole through my servitude because I love the Lord, I want to declare the Lord is alive in my life as well. Now, Look at the process the Israelites went through. They were given an opportunity to go gain possession of the holy 
promised land, the Lord was with them. They didn't inquire to whom they should send. And, and there's times where I don't inquire of the Lord how how and why I should how I should go. And after the the Lord says no, do I again try to go after I've been told no? Do I trust and obey the Lord when He calls me to it? There's times where this is the moment, grasp it. Am I a good servant in the way that I am with the Lord? Will I have that deed and title that He wants to give me? Am I going to trust Him with the giants that, are, that may or may not be there? If he can move the Red Sea, he can move mountains. Join me in prayer, please. Dear Lord,